The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. I had just arrived in London at 18 and spotted this movie marquee, Meetings with Remarkable Men. The film was about the philosopher Gurdjieff, but it was the title that spoke to me. I wanted to know people like that, people changing the world by the way they lived. I've sought them out ever since, and now we'll hear from many of them on the Victoria Moran podcast, Meetings with Remarkable Women. Welcome to the podcast. Your host, Victoria Moran, author of Creating a Charmed Life, Younger by the Day, and Main Street Vegan, invites you to conversations designed to help you thrive in your body, cozy up to your soul, and use your unique gifts to change the world. Now, here's Victoria. Do you ever sometimes have a flash of brilliance, an idea that is so good that it actually works in the real world? We all have those every now and then. And you know, when I have my best ones, when they're not mine by myself, but when they're a collaboration, when I am with somebody else and... I don't know, our miracle-making faculties coincide, and something amazing comes from that. That happened in a parking lot in Chicago back in 2018. I was with an amazing woman called Reverend Carol Saunders, and as she was parking the car, we somehow together came up with the idea that there needed to be a retreat about kindness and sustainability and living brilliantly in a beautiful, uplifting, spiritual location. And guess what? That has happened now and is about to happen again for the third time. We're going to talk about that and about divine ideas and synchronicity and most of all, peace and how it really ought to be starting with us. Hi, everybody. I'm Victoria Moran. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast today. And as you have probably ascertained, Reverend Carol Saunders is my guest. She is an ordained unity minister and also an ordained interfaith minister. Her weekly podcast and prayer ministry is The Spiritual Forum. You can find that at thespiritualforum.org. She has compiled an easy-to-read booklet called The Forgotten Teachings of Charles Fillmore that summarizes Unity's early teachings on ethical vegetarianism. She believes that veganism is a spiritual practice. It is one of the ways we can live in alignment with our beliefs and oneness and our values of universal love and world peace. Now that 
fabulous retreat is coming up uh, October 19 to 20. Yeah, 19 to 22, that's right, in 2023, and it will be at Unity Village, Missouri, that's just outside Kansas City, and having been part of the first two, I can tell you, this experience is not to be missed, so welcome, Carol, we'll talk about that, we'll talk about stuff, I'm so happy you're here. Thanks, Victoria. I always love being with you. We always create something fun and something I think that's that lands on the hearts of somebody out there. So thank you for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. So, oh my goodness, you have been doing this retreat now. This is the third year. That's a lot of work. Have you had to kind of work your life around having this big event come up every year? Yeah, it's kind of interesting how you told the story about how this retreat was birthed. Um, actually, my my recollection is it was your idea, and and I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> and and what I did at the time was I called two of my friends, uh, Lisa Levinson and um, Judy Carmen, and said, Hey, would you want to collaborate with me on that? And they did, and that was our first year's retreat. And then and then they said they couldn't do it the second year, and so I found two new collaborators from Compassion Consortium, um, Erica Allison and and Reverend Sarah uh, Bowen. What's her name, Sarah? Bowen. Yeah, you got oh, it. Oh, I got it. I got it right. Okay. And we had a fabulous retreat last year, but both of them have other priorities this year. And so this year I'm kind of doing it myself. And so it's a lot, it's a lot bigger, but it's a lot of fun. And I'm bringing in at your recommendation, we're having Renee King Sonnen, who is the founder and of the um, Rowdy Girl Sanctuary. And boy, is she going to be a lot of fun. And you're going to be doing the daily yoga and also doing a presentation. But what I've also wanted to mention is another one of my co-planners is Sally Zito, and she's doing music this year. So this year we're, we're integrating music into the retreat. But to answer your question, yeah, it's a lot of work. I just got back from Unity Village, um, or actually not Unity Village, the Unity People's Convention in uh, Overland Park, Kansas. And I was tabling there to promote the retreat. And, you know, that was a week of, you know, talking to people and, and, and seeing if they'd be interested in coming and finding a lot of local people and people who are on the path, whether they're vegans, vegetarians, or what I call just kind of curious omnivores, just trying to kind of plant seeds and saying, hey, this is the place to be in October. Well, I'm interested in the kind of response that, that you get. Cause so for listeners, if you don't know about unity, it's a very, uh, liberal, open-minded um, uh, kind of, of spiritual tradition based in Christianity, but probably if, if you're used to more evangelical Christianity or it, it's not, it's not that kind of Christianity. <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty, pretty different. So you would think that people in a really open-minded, let's look at things in a new and different way sort of organization would be really open to broadening this circle of compassion to include animal people as as well as human people and once upon a time that was very much a part of unity and it's not so much now 
So I kind of have a double question. Of course, I want to hear about the wonderful history and Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, the founders of Unity, who were just super vegetarians, practically vegan back in the 1890s and the early 1900s. And then also, I want to hear about the kind of response you were getting at this conference last week. Were they still saying things to you like, where would I get my protein? And oh, I could just never do that. (laughs) Or is there a little more openness in 2023? Well, I'll answer that question first, because it is always interesting. We have people come to the table and say things like, "Uh, I'm a vegan and I eat fish. (laughs) Or or, I'm a vegan, but I cheat a lot. So we had we had some of that. Um, People normally come to the table and just go like, what are you about? Because we had this wonderful banner and it is a piece of art that my my niece created and it just shows a circle of different kinds of animals and and it says unity for all so people are kind of intrigued and they come it's like what are you about and i say exactly what you said we're really here to bring the unity teachings the teachings of the fillmores back to a prominent place in our movement because Back in the day, unity was really, really going strong when, when they were really uh, adhering and very clearly stating these values that our ability to achieve world peace, to experience universal love, these kinds of things, that, that they, they will never happen as long as we are enslaving the animals or as long as we are killing the animals systemically. And they were very clear on that connection. And I'm very clear on that connection. But I think it still is very, very hard for people. Um, I do think that people generally were very kind at our table this past week. But, um, and, I, and I do think we got some interest in the retreat. And we're very kind. We're like, we're not here to judge you, okay? We're, we're not here to make anyone feel uncomfortable about where they are, but wherever you are, Really, at some point on the spiritual path, some of us get to a place where it's just not okay for us to state our values of love, peace, and harmony while we're also participating in something that's extremely unloving, extremely violent to both people and the animals. So at some point on Everyone's spiritual path. I think we get to that point where we can't hold that dissonance in us. And that's actually kind of the theme of the retreat. Peace begins with me because we hold this discord, this kind of yuckiness inside of us. I think largely because we speak one thing, we believe one thing, we may say one thing, but then we do another thing. So to answer your question, we got a wide variety of response. We also got a lot of people keeping their distance from our table, <laughs> um, but it's it's I think it's still difficult, Victoria. We're not we're not there yet. But I keep saying I'll I'll keep up showing up every year because I think there's something energetically really good about showing up and just kind of being that reminder that this voice is here. This 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 is part of our movement and we're not going away and we're going to have this annual retreat and it will be here every year. And I really do think that that is how things shift. That is, 
as long as we keep showing up, as long as we keep showing up and as more and more people kind of connect with this, then I think that's where, you know, there's like a, there's like a resonance. There's like a resonance in the ether where, where I do think people will shift. So it takes, it takes will, I think it takes, um, just continuing to, to speak as, um, the president of the CEO of unity, he said, to me last year, he says, you know, you've been yelling into the wind for years and it's finally starting to take. And from his perspective, it's starting to take. And I think that's probably right. There's still some frustration, but I'm just going to keep yelling into the wind in a, in a sweet way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so fascinating. I saw a, a post on Instagram recently. It was a picture of a couple of fried eggs and, and the message was, Everyone wants to change the world, but no one wants to change what they eat for breakfast. That's for sure. I found that so interesting because, you know, when you talk to people about animals and you say, what do you think about animal rights? Oh, it's great. I mean, animals are wonderful. I love animals. I sleep with my dog. And then you say, oh, cool. Well, then, you know, you're vegan or certainly vegetarian. And they're like, well, no, right. There's just this disconnect that we talk about. And what are the ways that you are seeking to um, cross that cavernous gap? Yeah, I mean, I've I've started to see things kind of differently recently, and I think that's why I've called the retreat "Peace Begins with Me." Because as I, as I shared a moment ago about this, this dissonance we have, I, I think this is all about supporting people on their path so that we each feel peace. Because I think we're very ignorant of all of the ways that we feel at war with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we don't even know it, but it does show up. It shows up in being not present. It shows up in being angry. It shows up in in our relationships, it shows up in our feelings about ourselves, it obviously shows up in our body, it shows up in the world, we just look out in the world, it's, it's an unhappy kind of warring world. And we're very unconscious about what's causing all that. But see, I believe what's causing all that is what's inside us. So, um, so I don't know that I have a magic formula, other than to seek people who are on the path who just have a little spark of interest in taking the next step in their spiritual life. And that next step is getting more in alignment. And this can show up in so many ways. So it can show up, Victoria, as the animal activist who hates people. <laughs> you know, it can show up as the people who at the end of church are singing, let there be peace on earth and then go to a potluck that's just kind of full of, you know, they would call it roast and ham and whatnot, but it's really violently dead bodies, you know? So, so there's this, we're all, oh, and then there's also people who are all talking about freedom. I listened to a guy yesterday, showed my, my YouTube feed and he was talking about freedom and he was just, he was talking from a, 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 a pig fest. <laughs> I'm like, how are you gonna be free as long as you're, you know, doing this to pigs? I think this is just across the board in all aspects of life that we are just way off on this. And I'm going to go a little further if I have a little time to just go into what I think is happening. Sure. Make, okay. So 
I think this starts very, very, very early. And I think that we're all walking around traumatized. We are all in trauma. We are all in PTSD. We have been separated from our natural selves because each one of us came onto this planet as this innocent baby. And I, I'm going to be a, a grandmother for the first time in about a week or two. Aww. And I'm thinking about this baby coming in and I'm thinking about the babies that I birthed and the babies I know, and whether you've been a mom or not, we all came in as this innocent baby. And, and, you know, we've talked about how there's no little toddler that's, that's going to take a knife to a goat or rabbit or anything like that. We know, we know that's not in our nature, but the minute that someone told us it was okay to kill or be a part of this killing, we, it's, it's like we, we broke away from our own natural soul, our own spirit. And, and I think that's a trauma point. So I've started seeing that everyone on the planet is really in a state of trauma that started very early on this one issue. And I also see, I live in Wisconsin, so these, these men, uh, women also, but they, they teach their children to hunt. And I'm thinking, you know, when you were a little boy and you went out hunting for the first time, it, it may or may not have been traumatic, but you're kind of doing it because you want to be with daddy or you want daddy to think kindly of me. And again, that's kind of a break from our, our soul, our spirit. And, and I think this is trauma. And I think that we're, I started to, I used to be really impatient with people and where they were with things, but now I'm just seeing that everybody just needs healing every single one of us and not everyone's conscious of that. Um, but one of the things I want to try to accomplish with this retreat is to allow everybody wherever they are on the spectrum, whether they're a brand new newbie, they're, they're eating meat and they, they can't see what they're doing, which we had a few of those last year, or they're very, very strong vegan activists and advocates. Where are we in our lives just feeling this discord? And how can we bring ourselves back to, I'm a person of love, harmony, peace, and then how can I really live in all aspects of my life? But, but take baby steps. You know, you can't expect somebody to give up me instantly and, and completely awaken to everything, nor can you expect the people who have been activists and working so hard for the animals and just feeling so bad about where humanity is, you can't necessarily expect them to embrace all of humanity. But each of us can take some little baby step that will help us bring inner peace into our inner self. Well, I have so much to say. Oh my gosh. <laughs> First, I'll just address the retreat. And I found last year that it was so healing that simply being in that environment and Unity Village is mm. just an amazing spiritual pilgrimage point, whether there's even an activity going on there or not. But just the the grounds, the place, there's been so much high thought, so much prayer happening there for over 100 years. It's, it's cool. And then there was just something about the collection of people, the things that we discussed, the fact that everyone was eating lovely vegan food together, regardless of what people choose to eat at home. There together, we were not harming any animals with, with our food. And everybody was very kind and accepting. 
And somehow the upshot of that, I mean, I was supposed to be there working, you know, <laughs> speaking and teaching yoga. And it's almost like, wait a minute, it shouldn't be this good for me, but it was. And so I'm really, really looking forward to it this year. So if if you guys are in the Midwest or if you can get to the Midwest and Kansas City is a decent sized city and has all kinds of flights going in and out all the time. There's Amtrak. There's all kinds of ways to get there. So so do check out thespiritualforum.org slash retreat. That's happening October 19 through 22. But the other thing I wanted to uh, tack on to what you were just saying, Carol, is that I learned fairly recently that Albert Schweitzer, whom I knew to be a vegetarian and who actually wrote a letter, which I saw, um, to Jay Dinshaw, the co-founder of the American Vegan Society, which was back in 1960. Every time I say that, I always think it's some kind of miracle. But anyway, Schweitzer was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for his ideas about expanding our circle of compassion to include all beings. Mm -hmm. And this happened in, I believe, 1952. So they were just in the wake of Hiroshima. They were just coming to grips with the fact that the world had entered the nuclear age, very threatening, still is, maybe now more than then. And the Nobel Committee recognize that this idea that he had of extending our compassion out to all beings was going to be essential if we would survive ourselves. I just find that stunning. It is stunning. And it's also true. And remains to be. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit um, about history We'll talk about yours, and then we'll talk about unities, because even people who maybe have never heard about unity as a movement until today love to hear stories about people who were eccentric, and Unity's mm -hmm. founders, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, were divinely eccentric. So I'm just going to breathe here for a second, give us a little shift, and uh, then we'll start talking about some of those cool people from history. So Carol, let's start first with your history. It doesn't go back that far, <laughs> but how did you go from just being a, a mom and a, a dashing woman out in the world to becoming spiritual and becoming vegan? Oh, wow. Well, I'm, I've changed a lot. I've been married to my husband for 42 years, and he always says he's been married several times, but each of his wives is me. So I've, I've made lots of different changes in my life because I started off in, as in engineering and I'm working for an energy company. And so I mean, I had a big shift from there to becoming an, a minister. But I think even as a child, I was of my family, and I think this is fairly frequent on my podcast, it's very frequent on my podcast guests, that, that there's one kind of odd kid out who's kind of on the more the spiritual track. And, and I was always kind of asking questions about what is life? Why are we here? And I was also very sensitive to the creatures and the little, the little bugs and the little mice and the little everythings, you know, and loved animals. My mom never let any of our animals in our house, but but we had dogs and cats and rats and rabbits and all of that. 
So I was always quite an animal lover. And I think that's fairly common among people who eventually turn vegan. But you know, I, I was raised on meat. I didn't, I didn't think that much about it. But I do remember once meeting this girl who worked on a farm. And I was at a friend's house, and she was like a cousin. And she started talking about like, you know, the them sending the animals to market. And I think I was probably around 10. And I think that's one of the first times I really kind of connected strangely, but just really kind of connected that, oh my gosh, I just felt horrible about that. But I let that fester for a while. And, but by the time I was 15, I announced to my parents that I wanted to go vegetarian and boy, I wish I knew more about veganism back then. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about vegetarian for that matter. It was 1973. I read diet for a small planet. I just decided this on my own. I'd have never heard of a vegetarian. I didn't know there was one and it didn't have any role models, but I just knew that was the right thing for me. I knew nothing about the cruelty and, and dairy and eggs at the time. So I thought I was doing the right thing. Um, but I did, I do think that kind of in your twenties, that that might be a time for many of us, at least for me, where I probably pulled away from my, my soul, you know, about as far as I could go just in terms of exploring um, life and being a little more material maybe. And I was still vegetarian, but I, I, I didn't, I wasn't really thinking about the animals, you know, I, I was just, I just was doing my own little thing in my own silo. I don't know how I did this, but I was just happy with me. I wasn't an advocate. I wasn't trying to convince anybody of anything. I wasn't trying to spread the word. I wasn't really even mindful of the cruelty to the animals. I'd already made my decision. That was that. But then I came upon a book and it was much later in my life. And that was Dominion um, by, oh. Matthew Scully. Matthew Scully. And I think all of us have some kind of a aha moment. That was it for me. I had just completely awakened to factory farming and all of that and everything, the plight of the fish, the plight of the dolphins, the plight of everything in his book. And I really liked that book because he had a kind of a spirit, he's Catholic, I'm not Catholic, but he had kind of that spiritual grounding. And I really appreciated that. So I could really hear his voice um, quite clearly. And um, that's when I really started very much awakening to the plight of the animals, which I felt was much closer to, you know, little seven-year-old Carol, you know, I, I, I felt like I was kind of coming home. And, and, and again, back to this idea of peace, which I mentioned uh, minutes ago, I, I think that we have these moments sometimes where we kind of reconnect with our child self and there's something very integrating about that. And there's something very aligning about that. And it's really kind of restoring ourselves to like a, a truer nature. And I really think the spiritual path is a lot of that kind of revisiting who is my original self and how can I get back to her or, or back, back to him. So um, when I, I finally made the decision to go vegan, it, it took that took a little that took a little while. That was a little harder because I just spent so much of my life eating eggs and cheese and milk and all of that. Um, but along alongside all of that, I um, left my career in engineering and found Unity, and I got myself on the educational path of Unity. Unity just seemed like it was the place that made me feel comfortable. I could. I could establish a connection with the divine without the religious dogma that I'd kind of rejected. And, and then when I found out that our founders were vegetarians, it's like, wow, you know, this is more home than I thought. 
Um, but I, I, I ended up pursuing the, the path of becoming a, a licensed teacher and a minister. But I always, always was really shocked that even though our founders were these amazing, very, very forward thinking, ethical vegetarians, it, it had kind of lost its footing in the movement. And I'm kind of called to try to restore that. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of your reputation. So uh, tell us about Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. I feel like a little kid pulling up the footstool and saying, tell me the story of Charles and Myrtle. It yeah, it, it's, it's a fabulous story. Um, I I was able to tell it a few times when I was tabling last week at the convention because I think people have kind of an idea of it, but not really the whole thing. And I have a little display that has Charles Fillmore and some of his quotes and whatnot. And but they they were they they of course they started they started Unity as uh, spiritual healing from from a place of healing. Uh, Myrtle Fillmore had had tuberculosis, and she woke up one day by listening to a lecture where she realized she was a child of God and therefore did not inherit sickness. And so she decided that these, these two people were so rooted in, in, in their, their beliefs that they had come, come to believe. And she sat in prayer for two years and ended up curing herself or, or healing herself from tuberculosis. And they, the, so they really started Unity as a, a prayer ministry and helping people with healing. And of course, this is in the early 1900s when a lot of that was going on, you know, enlightenment stuff, and, and a lot of that was going on. Um, and then they they had a, a magazine printing company and, and they were having building Unity Village and having people come and this and that. They weren't, they weren't a church at the time. But their their printer, who was employed with Unity Magazine, had, had come to their house, I think, for dinner. Uh, Myrtle must not have cooked because she didn't cook. But he he was a Seventh-day Adventist, and he just was like, there was meat on the table. And he said something like, look at all these dead bodies. Why are there all these dead bodies here? Something kind of in disgust about these dead bodies. And I think that just kind of like woke them up out of, Oh my gosh, you know, we are we have dead bodies on our table. And that was really out of alignment for them. God bless them, you know. There are some people who just wake up really quickly and others that it, you know, it takes quite a long long time. But they decided to not eat meat anymore, but not just that. They really saw this metaphysically and 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 physically that our relationship with animals really did impact who we are. So it impacted our ethics, it impacted our ability to be loving, and it impacted our ability to express and experience peace. If we were in a good, kind, loving relationships with animals, and they believe God called us to be loving toward animals, then then we were, you know, really in alignment. And um, so so they 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 did a couple of things. Charles spoke about this, like from the pulpit. He he preached about it. He had lots and lots of sermons about it. He wrote about it. They wrote about it in Unity Magazine. They had a column called The Vegetarian. On the left side of the column was very, very, very clear instructions about how important it was on your spiritual path to, to take care of the animals and not eat them and not hurt, harm them. And then they had recipes on the other side. They did that. They started a pure food company. This is what I love about them. I mean, like how many people just kind of stop at the thought of 
I'm going to give up meat. Most people stop there, but then to go forward and then to go forward and keep going forward, then they decided to kind of be ambassadors for it. So they, they had a, 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 a pure food company where they back, back in the early 1900s, they were selling meat substitutes. They were selling substitutes for lard and, you know, so that they could not just talk it and be it, but share how to make this possible for others so that they could also be in their spiritual alignment. They started the first vegetarian restaurant in Kansas City, and it was going for decades. Um, there was, it, it was at Unity Village for a long, long time. So to me, these people were amazing in their spirituality, in their faith, in their prayer ministry, in their prolific writing, Charles Filmer is a prolific writer and speaker, but but to to then take it that step further and to help others and to be it in the world. One thing I forgot to mention is they had Bibles that were not bound in leather, but in a uh, you know vegetable kind of alternative. I think it was called Caratol. Um, but I mean, and who would think that even existed back in the exactly. early 1900s? Right. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I was so impressed when I learned that um, Chief Air Marshal Lord Dowding, he masterminded the Battle of Britain, and his wife, Lady Muriel Dowding, were invited, or I guess you would say commanded, to attend the coronation of Queen Elizabeth in 1953. And everybody at their level of peerage was supposed to wear an ermine robe. Mm. So somehow they found faux ermine. And again, who would have thought they had anything like that back then? But you know what? If you really want to do something, you find a way, whether it's 1900 or 1950 or 2023, if you want to do it, like if you want to go to this retreat in Kansas City in October, you know, you'll find a way. You can make it happen. You know, as you were talking, I just had a funny memory come up uh, when I was in uh, eighth grade and eighth grade biology. And we had, I had to do one of those, those things where you're supposed to kill bugs and put them in a cigar box and put pins in them. And anyway, I just, I just had a moral dilemma with this. I didn't, I was just beside myself. I went to my biology teacher and said, I can't do this. She laughed at me like, oh, come on, they're just bugs. And I just knew I couldn't do it. So what I did the night before is I, I drew little bugs, beautiful bugs on, on paper and, and colored them and I cut them out and I put the pins <laughs> in the little, the little paper bugs and I just turned it in. <laughs> oh, it, how it was, brave. I was brave, I was brave. I had to face her and she was not kind, but I think she did appreciate that I, I did the assignment. And I, I'm only mentioning that because it reminds me of, you know, what, what you can do when you really want to stick to your values. You don't have to go along with what everybody's doing. It, and, and again, it's really important to do that. It's really important for you always to stick with your values, no matter what the group is doing, because that, again, brings you back to inner peace. It does indeed. Wow, that is so cool. Now, something that I did also want to ask you about the teachings of Charles Fillmore, because they relate so much to the retreat that's happening, Peace Begins With Me, Fillmore believed, as did Schweitzer, that world peace was a pipe dream without extending that peacefulness to other creatures. So talk about his thoughts on that. Yeah, he was very clear that if we would, we would never be rid of destruction, we would never be rid of war. 
as long as we killed animals. And he's got quotes about that. And it was also in the statement of faith that he had written, I can't remember how many statements, but one of the statements was about that, that how, how we, we, we will not have peace um, and as long as we're killing animals. And it, it, it is true. It's, it, for some people, that's a huge, huge leap. Like the guy who was talking about freedom at the pig fest. <laughs> it's like you bring that up and, and at the unity table, a lot of people, you know, they, it stops right at the, the human animal barrier or I, I, but, but we have to get this. We have to get that energetically, we can't be free as long as we're enslaving another. We can't be love as long as we're harming another. You know, we can't have peace as long as we're being violent towards another. And another means all others. And wherever you are in your faith or your religious belief, um, I mean, if in Genesis, you know, God created all of it. And whatever God is to you, to me, God is not necessarily a being out there in the world, but kind of the energy under of all of creation. But it's beautiful. And everything that has sentience and life is beautiful and, and has uh, an energetic resonance. It has a reason to be. And so, you know, we, we really, the golden rule is real. I mean, it's like, we, we must, we must not do to others what we don't want to have done to us. That definitely includes the animals. So how can we have peace if we're being violent? That is so fascinating. And the word in ancient Sanskrit for war, gavisti, means desire for more cows. Oh gosh. Oh Isn't wow. That fascinating. Oh, and wow. then of course we have the English word stock and stock market because yeah. um, we we have a long history of animal abuse and you know we could end it so quickly. Yes. And and the other thing that people don't think about and and I do think that this can help people maybe bridge the gap a little bit. But you know, we're we're paying people we're paying people to do this horrific work, you know, we're paying these people, even if they were getting great wages, which we know they're not, but the, the, the work to have to kill an animal that wants to be alive and then kill the next one and the next one and the next one over and over and over again, those slaughter lines run fast. What does one have to do to protect their innocent child within to protect their own innocence in order to do that kind of work so that we can get bacon on our table or a chicken sandwich. You are asking people to harden their souls to such a degree that's um, that to me is inhumane. You know, that's inhumane. What kind of person does that make? It makes somebody who really can't be in touch with feelings or they lash out and they're violent in some way. It's horrific what we're doing to people in these businesses, these industries, I mean. Yeah, there's so much to it. And yet it just seems so simple. It's like, be kind. Somebody was saying to me yesterday that somebody had an acronym, JBK, just be, just be kind. kind. <laughs> and I think that for people who are looking at veganism and are thinking like, wait a minute, I'm already kind. Oh my gosh, I have to change my whole kitchen. Help. It just it seems like a lot, but 
you know, anything, you can start slow and nobody has to tell you how to do things. You know, you hear all these people, you know, telling how they did things in some miraculous, almost super heroic kind of way. And we're thinking like, wow, I want to be you in my next life. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, it's heroic for any of us to make changes at whatever pace we're able to do it. And, you know, you, you want to, if you're going to do something to change for the better, you want to stick with it. You don't want to be some kind of one night wonder. Yeah. And, and I think you bring up a good point. I, I do think I had this conversation with uh, Reverend Chad Groverland at the Unity Convention. He's the CEO of Unity Worldwide Ministries and he's vegan. And he had this fabulous orange vegan suede shoes. <laughs> they were amazing. <laughs> and anyway, he, he really encourages people to go slow. Like when you make your decision, because I think one of the things that happens is that when people just give up meat, they start to feel like we're all addicted. Okay. We got to, I'm coming back to, we're all addicted. This is an addiction. It's not just something that we like. There's definitely a material in meat that causes us to be addiction addicted. So when we give it up cold Turkey, we want it back or we start having headaches. We start getting shakes. We start not feeling right. And so he's really an advocate for do it slowly. Start with meatless Mondays and, you know, maybe go then to meatless Tuesdays. And, and, and go at your pace so your body can adjust as, you know, you're, you're giving it new kinds of foods because a lot of people just give up when they don't feel well. And they say, well, I tried that, but it didn't work. I didn't feel good. So obviously I'm meant to eat animals. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. I know in, in my book, Main Street Vegan, I made some suggestions. And one I recall was one day at a time doing it like uh, giving up drinking in AA. So that does mean you're doing it all at once, but you're only seeing it as for today. It's not like everything or there's one thing at a time. And so you start with one or two animal products. I always say that if people are particularly concerned about animal suffering, it would be chickens and eggs because mm -hmm. they're small animals and, and uh, not eating them or, or eating the eggs that come from so much cruelty just, just solves so much so quickly. Then there's vegan at home because at home you can do whatever you want and you're in charge of, of your own choices there. And it's a little bit more difficult when you're out with relatives and friends and other places until you've got a really strong bearing. And then there's vegetarian for now because eggs and cheese are, are really just made in another form. Mm -hmm. And so as long as you have those, it's unlikely that you're going to have any of those really quick um, kind of um, symptoms that, that come from giving up animal food. So you're vegetarian for a while. You get used to being vegetarian because some people are going to think that's weird. <laughs> and then <laughs> as you become vegan, it's just sort of like leaving off layers when we were talking before about growing through the decades of life on earth and not doing things now that we might have done <laughs> earlier it just it's a natural natural process because like you talked about so sweetly in the beginning about little children this is our natural state when we're little. I remember a Harvey Diamond co-author of a great big book from about 40 years ago, Fit for Life. And he said, 
if you put a baby in a room with a bunny and a bunch of grapes and they eat the bunny and play with the grapes, I will buy you a car. And he's absolutely right. It is not, it is completely in our nature to go towards the bunny, to go towards the goat, the sheep. Little children love those little animals. And, and that's what, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's tra traumatizing. We, we forget this, but it's traumatizing when adult authority figures say, no, it's okay, you know, for us to eat the bunny, you know, that's traumatizing to the child. Yeah. And we're carrying that trauma with us. So um, lots of healing to do, lots of healing yeah. to restore ourselves. I love the phrase you said, go toward the bunny, because we're told often that at the time of death, we're supposed to go toward the light. It says to go towards the bunny. <laughs> yeah, go towards the bunny is good too. So, so Carol, just help us out here at the end. Our time is running away from us. Uh, just tell us uh, once more about Peace Begins With Me and how people can find out more about that and um, come to it. Yes, come to it. We want to welcome everybody. One of the things that makes this retreat magical is that everybody is loving and accepting. We had a person last year who didn't even know she'd signed up for a retreat with vegans. She knew nothing about it. And, and she was welcomed and loved. We had probably about 20% who were non-vegans, a bunch of vegetarians. Um, so it doesn't matter where you are on your path, if you have any curiosity at all about living on this planet in a spiritual way, then come to the retreat we do call it a whole planet spirituality retreat. The theme is peace begins with me. The dates are October 19, Thursday night through Sunday afternoon, 19 through 22. It's at Unity Village, Missouri, which is uh, outside of Kansas City. You can find out more and register at thespiritualforum.org slash retreat. And if you forget that, just go to thespiritualforum.org and there's a tab there. And um, I, I forgot to mention, this is important. If you can't make it in person, we do have a virtual option. If you can only come for one day, we do have a daily attendance option. So we're trying to make it so that everybody who is interested can come. Of course, the in-person experience is going to be uniquely different than the online, but we do our best to have you be able to connect with others uh, when we're doing the group exercises and whatnot, you have your own breakout rooms. So oh, lots so of different excited. ways to attend. And Kansas City is gorgeous in October. Oh, yes. It's going to be beautiful at Unity Village. Reverend Carol Saunders, thank you so much. Everybody listening, that info about the retreat is also on the show notes at victoriamoran.com. So it's just going to be real easy to find because it's everywhere you look, kind of like really wonderful people who are doing their very best to make this world more enlightened, more beautiful, and more fun, like our guest today, Reverend Carol Saunders. Thanks to everybody for listening. Go out and be remarkable. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can learn more about Victoria or contact her at victoriamoran.com. Be part of her inner circle by joining the Victoria Moran Podcast Listeners Group on Facebook. And if you're a vegan looking to up your game, check out Victoria's acclaimed training and certification program, Main Street Vegan Academy, at MainStreetVegan.com. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? 
I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.